Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rear Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Hello and welcome to this week's Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. On the programme, we continue our weekly look at the world of agriculture and food. The uncertainty continues around the deal as the clock ticks to January 1st and Brexit. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, confirms that the Leader Food Initiative is to continue next year. We take a look at the year just gone and how it was for Tagish Enterprises, not least of all adapting to the COVID pandemic. Our seasonal topic this week takes us into the English market to hear from some of the traders in the run-up to Christmas. And Farm Talk's John O'Connor will be looking at other stories which make the agri-news this week. The Joint Committee on Agriculture and the Marine met again this week to discuss Brexit and its impact on agri-food. Four key stakeholders were before the committee, including the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association and the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. Similar to last week's presentation from the IFA and the IHFA, representative bodies had an opportunity to put the views of their membership before the committee comprised of TDs and senators. Eddie Punch of the ICSA addressed the issue of diversification with Brexit looming. Obviously, since Brexit came in, there has been some improvement in terms of diversifying our exports into other markets. Uh, Predominantly, of course, a lot of effort was put into China, but China has been disrupted uh, in the last year because of uh, the difficulty with animal disease. So that's been problematic. Um, Our export of beef to continental Europe has improved. Uh, we've gained uh, in terms of volume uh, to a lot of the European continental markets. So we've gone up, um, you know, in 2015 before Brexit, um, our exports to the continent uh, were around 219,000 tonnes of beef. Uh, in 2019, that was up to 253. So there was a <coughs> there's been an improvement in terms of, uh, you know, France, Netherlands, Scandinavia, Germany. That's positive. But these are in the tens of thousands, and yet we have 260,000 tonnes of, of beef gone, goes, went to the UK in 2019. So clearly we haven't achieved enough diversification uh, to date. Uh, it is obviously very hard to see how we could find a market for even half of the beef if, for example, half of the beef to the UK had to be diverted. Um, we do welcome the fact that there was an agreement for the development of a suckler brand in the Beef Task Force. Uh, 
and the money there, we would hope, will be used. We'd actually have a concern that the meat industry and some of the main processors are not showing all that much enthusiasm about trying to uh, develop suckler beef as a premium product. Uh, and, you know, certainly our view is that that suckler brand needs to be managed and owned by farm, rep- farm organizations and farmers and small companies as much uh, as by Borbia or big business. Uh, and, you know, the similar remarks can be made about the PGI uh, grass-fed um, standard. And, and uh, here we want to make sure that that is controlled for the benefit of the primary producer in this country. PGIs are meant to benefit primary producers. That's even in the entire EU legislation. So let's see. Eddie Punch of the ICSA. John Enright of the ICMSA, meanwhile, addressed the issue of supports. In terms of supports, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to farm income and what income a farmer has from his farm enterprise. And, you know, obviously in a no-deal scenario, we would be very, very concerned, particularly on the beef side, but I think also, you know, there could be a negative impact on the dairy side. And certainly, in our view, the €5 billion fund needs to to directly address those... um, those losses that may that may occur, hopefully they won't, but that, that may occur and that farmers are properly compensated because this isn't the problem caused by farmers and farmers should not take the hit. I think we made the point that um, there was a lot of support for people further up the supply chain and like the reality and the point we would make on that is, you know, any losses are at the end of the day are passed but back down to the primary producer and, and we take we take the hit as farmers. Um, Deputy Carty asked me in relation to the growth in agri-food exports by 63% since 2010. Uh, just to say, in, in 2018, exports of food to the UK was 4.8 billion. So certainly there would be continued growth in exports to the UK, probably better growth outside of the UK, but certainly you know, we can't understate the importance of the UK market for farmers, whether they're beef, sheep um, or dairy. In relation to ferry capacity, I think our Deputy President covered that point. Um, you, uh, Mr Chairperson, you asked us in relation to our contacts with the shipping companies, etc. We have been in constant contact with the live exporters in relation to this. And I suppose the big concern is that, you know, if there is del- delays in the land bridge, the land bridge um, lorries will, be, will, will go direct and will that impact on the capacity in the key period that is, um, I suppose, February to late April. And, you know... We, si- we simply don't know the answer to that at the present time, obviously, with all the uncertainty. I think everybody hopes the deal will be done. Um, but that's something that is going to have to be watched very, very carefully because you know, that is a critical trade at that time, time of year f- for, for our calves. There's a market out there for them, and, and we can supply good quality calves to that market. Um, in relation to Simitra Daly's point on the f- existing free trade agreements, you know, there, there would be certainly issues around those. And I think, you know, Touchwood will get a, a Brexit deal will be concluded. And I think the solution to that problem isn't we're going to have to go back and renegotiate those certs to try and deal with those issues in relation to product certification because, you know, um, the, there's a long-standing relationship north and south in processing, etc. And it's important we retain that. And certainly our Deputy President would have very strong views on that matter. Separately, John Enright also emphasised the importance of the British beef market for Irish products. There's no market that's going to replace that market for beef. That's, that's the reality of the situation. We, we were in a very, 
you know, in a no-deal Brexit scenario, we're in, a, we're in a very, very difficult situation. And um, I think that's why it's hugely important that we a deal is secured. You know, there is no market that will replace the UK market from our perspective. Public representatives from Cork were among those contributing again to this week's debate, among them Senator Tim Lumbard. I think the real issue really is the next six months at least are going to be very, very tra- traumatic. You're going to have issues of confidence within the market and within the farming community itself and how they're going to all actually going to collide is going to be a huge issue. Um, I do think the issue regarding the um, calf exports is something I just want to come back and talk about because Obviously, the land bridge is going to be a massive issue, how that's going to work. Um, you know, We need to make sure these animals get to the continent in an appropriate timeline, whether we can guarantee that in the present environment is debatable, to say the least. But I would ask the question about you know, um, the actual um, calf exporters. We did a report here several years ago at this committee where we were hoping that the calf exporters would have one organisation that they'd all work under. That doesn't seem to have happened in many ways. And I think, you know, the whole idea of having one organisation to go to to talk about these very, very serious issues, and I, think, I believe is a kind, of, a kind of real issue that we have to maybe go back and look at, in particular when you take into consideration what's going to happen in the next six months. So I'd like your opinions on whether or not we could have a more streamlined approach so the department, the calf exporters and organisations like yourselves could work together for the benefit of our Irish agriculture in the next six months in particular regarding the exportation of calves. I think that kind of forum is very important and we need to just try and push it if we possibly could. The other issue that I'd like to ask is about the actual interaction you believe the actual agri-food companies have been doing within the last four years regarding trying to make sure there was beneficial markets. I know the China issue has been a huge issue. Um, it was many ways what we were hoping was going to be one of the biggest markets. Fortunately, the last six months it's really fallen away. Where do you think we need to actually drive the market now? Where do you think the actual real game is going to be for Borbia, in, in particular in the next six months, to actually drive the actual products that we need to get off this country itself? Cork Senator Tim Lumbert and the Cork South West TD Michael Collins also addressed the committee hearing on Tuesday. You're talking about a fund that's been set aside, you know, when we have whatever kind of Brexit, you know, or whatever kind of deal or no deal is going to be put in place. Have um, the ICSA or the ICMSA, which are welcome here today, have you any idea as to how this fund is going to be distributed? And uh, that's just one question. Um, I know you mentioned uh, that the cal- it's going to be extremely expensive getting calves flown out of the country. What kind of uh, research have you done on that? And um, is it a possibility that that may be uh, a route uh, of getting our calves out of this country? And I suppose the third is the central bank recently in a report said that a bad Brexit means uh, it could well lead to a loss of a third of small uh, farmers. Um, and I know that um, the government's saying there's, you know, they've, have they set, I, I would like to know, have they set in place some safeguards? Um, have you, farm organisations, met with the banks? Uh, in relation to farmers that are um, will have issues with you know uh, borrowings that they have, um, I do know, and I hope it's not going to be the same situation as the pub sector because a lot of publicans are now you know had the moratorium and have gone back to negotiate because their businesses aren't open and they're being told forget it. There's no more deals on the table, and if that's what's the case, the farmers are going to be facing you know after this. It'll be detrimental. So I'd like to know maybe what activities you've had with the banks or what have they been coming back to you with in relation to farmers that may fall into difficulties with payments. Um, Thanks, Chairman.
Cork Southwest TD Michael Collins addressing the Joint Committee on Agriculture and the Marine, which met again this week. IFA President Tim Cullinan has said the Government Brexit Fund for Irish Farming must be ready to go by the 1st of January. He was responding to reports the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, is now mobilising €400 million Euro as set aside in the last two budgets to support farmers. The IFA President said the Oireachtas Committee meetings have shown a good understanding of how severely Irish farming will be hit by Brexit. But he says we must also ensure farmers are first in line for the €5 billion Euro EU Brexit fund. Tim Cullinan said the initial Brexit funding for farmers from the government is needed, but will run out quickly in the event of a no deal. Congratulations go to Corkman Dermot Kelleher, who's been elected National President of the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association. The Inchigila native was elected in a postal ballot of the association's national executive members. He says he's looking forward to the challenge of dealing with big issues like Brexit, cap reform and the price of product. Dermot Kelleher will take up the position at the ICSA's AGM in January and we look forward to talking with him here on Farm Talk. Full approval from the European Commission for the much-debated and argued-over PGI, Protected Geographical Indicator Branding, for Irish grass-fed beef is still awaited. Latest reports indicate it may be a matter of months, possibly up to five months, before the European Commission gives the green light. The Irish agribusiness export sector's biggest promoter of the Irish grass-fed beef concept, Board Bia, their CEO, Tara McCarthy, is recently reported in the journal as warning that the PGI ball is very much in the EU Commission's court at the moment. And, she warned, it might take some months before Board Bia would be free to develop export markets for this PGI-branded grass-fed Irish beef as a uniquely Irish product. Farmers in Northern Ireland have expressed a strong interest in having their grass-fed beef included in this Irish grass-fed beef PGI. The Northern Ireland Farmers Union have had talks with Board Beer on the inclusion of their beef in the grass-fed Irish beef branding. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, has confirmed that the Leader Food Initiative is to continue next year. John O'Connor joins me to discuss this latest scheme. But first, a reminder from John what precisely the Leader Food Initiative is and its purposes. Well, the Leader Food Initiative provides funding support for new and existing artisan, micro and the smaller food producers. And before we look at the type of grants and supports which the initiative provides, what's the total funding available for this Leader Initiative? There's €15 million available, provided by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine under the European Union's RDP Rural Development Programme. And could we focus on the type of support offered to these smaller food and artisan companies? The Leader Food Initiative can provide support to suppliers of local food markets, which play an important role in showcasing local food produce from local farmers, growers and food producers. Leader Food Initiative supports new and existing food and beverage producers in areas such as market development, competitiveness and innovation. 
A new call for applications will be launched in April 2021, following on from an initial €5 million call in 2018, for which approvals have been issued. And John, what's the maximum amount of funding per project? The maximum amount of funding per project is €200,000. That's €200,000. This could be for the renovation or extension of production facilities and the purchase of processing equipment. And when we say small businesses which might qualify for the Leader Food Initiative funding, what size or scale are we talking about? Eligible businesses are those with an annual turnover of up to €10 million and employing fewer than 50 people. So how is the Leader Food Initiative funding actually dispensed to the successful projects? Leader payments for projects are actually made by the local action groups based on expenditure incurred by project promoters for projects which have been allocated funding. So it would appear to be a very worthy type of support initiative for the rural economy at an extremely critical time. It is indeed, Barry. Leader has €15 million to assist smaller type business projects to develop their new food offerings, new routes to sell their produce and, as you say, support the rural economy at this critical time. And finally, John, how can listeners find out more about the Leader Food Initiative? There's a web address, uh, www.agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase, or a phone number, which I'll give twice, phone number 01607 2802 01607-2802. The Department of Agriculture, Food in the Marine, 01607-2802. And good luck to applicants. Thanks for that, John. Tagus has published nine new roadmaps looking forward to 2027, covering areas of environment, food, forestry, horticulture, tillage, pigs, sheep, beef and dairy. They include market and policy issues, potential shape and size of the sectors in 2027, environment and land use implications, along with research advisory and education actions. The roadmaps were launched at a recent webinar, and in summary, Tagus Director Professor Jerry O'Boyle acknowledged the challenge in developing roadmaps in a time of rapid policy change, and he summarised the different sectors which make up the nine new roadmaps. The challenges facing the tillage, heart and uh, forestry sectors. I think um, when it comes to tillage, we all know it's a sector that has been challenged for the last decade. Hugely important sector in Ireland. Hugely, we were very competitive when it comes to yields, but not so competitive when it comes to production costs, largely due to climatic uh, factors. I think the commitment by Chagas to increase um, by 50% crops that are going into premium markets is a very, very important, will be a very important development and focus of our research and advisory work over the next decade or so. Forestry clearly is challenged in relation to the current plantation targets. It's a huge challenge, both from point of view of realizing the potential of timber as an enterprise, but also now as a course, the critical importance of forestry as a sequester of carbon. And again, we would be strongly advocating, apart from the advantages of forest as an alternative, forestry as an alternative enterprise, uh, and it's certainly competitive with beef production systems, we'd also be advocating all farmers to consider planting native woodlands. And there's certainly opportunities to do that. Horticulture, again, we identify um, opportunities in niche areas. I think uh, depending on the Brexit outcome, or maybe even with a, a, a deal, 
I think we're going to face opportunities and challenges on the import front for import, but there will be opportunities for import replacement. Uh, look, I, I next decade and beyond is going to be uh, preoccupied with environmental issues. We have very stringent targets coming through from the Climate Action Plan of two years ago, but we know that these are going to be even more stringent as the commitment the programme for government are built in. So it's going to be a preoccupation uh, over the next number of years, no question about that. The livestock enterprises, starting with the, the suckler area, I think one of the targets that I would single out because it has implications both for improvements in farmer profit, but also environmental improvements, is to reduce the age of slow. This will have a very significant effect on profitability, but also on greenhouse gas emissions. And, and I would also add that I think in terms of uh, production possibilities, there is a small but important organic beef sector, and that is something we will be promoting over the next while. Sheep, uh, a target of 10 euros per hectare, is achievable and um, is, will be attractive uh, to many potential and new, uh, sorry, potential and existing producers. In the dairy sector, Pat has pointed out um, a trajectory in terms of technical and financial performance that establishes dairy as the most profitable opportunity for many, for many farmers. But I would also say, given the environmental challenges, it is going to be the most challenged sector as well into the future. Tagus Director Professor Jerry O'Boyle there at the launch of the nine new roadmaps looking forward to 2027. In recent weeks, we've been hearing of the ASAP Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme under the auspices of Tagusk. In Ireland, all water policy and management led by the Water Framework Directive. Under this directive, Ireland's been set a target of achieving good status for all waters in Ireland. But despite a lot of good work over the last 20 to 30 years, we're falling short in achieving the target and water qualities remain mainly static, with no significant improvement being recorded. As a result, the government decided to adopt a new strategy. This involves a more collaborative approach to facilitate improvements in quality. The EPA has identified 190 catchments or areas of action around the country where the status of the water is at risk of regressing. There are multiple pressures across the areas for action. Industry, wastewater treatment plants and septic tanks, forestry, agriculture and urban pressures. The country's environmental watchdog is warning almost half the country's lakes, rivers, estuaries and coastal waterways are in a poor condition. The EPA says they're under significant pressure from human activity and need to be better protected. It says high concentrations of phosphate and nitrate in the south and southeast due to farming is a particular concern. EPA spokesperson Mary Gurry says the high nutrient levels are a big problem. Nitrogen and phosphorus are fertilisers. When it gets into water bodies, it causes excessive plant growth and algae growth, and that knocks out the ecosystem of the river or the estuary, and it can change the habitats and change the ecology. So it has a very detrimental effect on the water quality and on the ecosystem of the river. High nitrate levels, they're a problem for drinking water quality because it can breach the drinking water standard, and that then can have an impact on human health. What we're finding is that our water quality remains under significant pressure from human activities and needs to be better protected. While we have found some improvements in biological quality, we are very concerned about increasing trends in nutrient concentrations, and that's nitrate and phosphate. And the main source of nitrogen and phosphorus is agriculture, and that's particularly a concern in the south and southeast of the country. The ASAP Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme 
will focus its resources on addressing agricultural pressures in these catchments. And Chagask has put together an online video available on its webpage. The Agricultural Sustainability Support and Advisory Programme, also known as ASAP, is a free, confidential and voluntary service to all farmers in priority areas for action. 20 advisors from Chagas and 10 advisors from the dairy co-ops will work together with farmers across the country to improve water quality. As a start, 190 areas for action have been selected where water quality needs some improvement. The aim is to achieve a minimum of good status in all our water bodies. When starting work in an area, locals will be invited to a community meeting by the local authority waters programme to discuss the programme and update people on the quality of river in their local area. Following this, ASAP advisors will invite all local farmers to a meeting to discuss the free, confidential and voluntary service available and how it works. When on a farm visit, ASAP advisors will discuss the nutrient management planning, farmyard losses and land management. ASAP advisors are supported by catchment scientists from the local authority waters programme. The catchment scientists will assess rivers in priority areas for action and identify issues that might relate to agricultural losses, sharing this information with the ASAP advisors. A priority area for action is an area of land, often parish size, where a river runs through it and the land in the area drains into it. ASAP's group of experienced advisors will work together with farmers, using the local knowledge on the ground to come up with a plan. Small changes on the farm can make a big difference to water quality. And you can watch that video online on the Tagusk webpage. Further information available at Local Authorities Water Programme and Catchments.ie. Participants in the GLASS scheme are reminded they should have received a letter from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine in recent days advising them of the choices available to them in respect of renewal of their GLASS scheme participation contracts. Farmers with GLASS 1 or GLASS 2 scheme contracts, which expire at the end of December 2020, will have the option of a 12-month extension, the Department letter points out. Every glass farmer registered with the department to receive texts should get a text giving them the choice to either apply DAFM-Y for yes, I wish to renew or DAFM-N for no, I do not wish to renew. A reply must be made to the text from the department within 72 hours of receipt. Alternatively, it's possible to log on to the following agfood.ie, all lowercase, which offers options of yes or no. Further related glass scheme contacts, glass at agriculture.gov.ie, that's glass at agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase. Finally, there's a phone number contact for any inquiries or clarifications, and that number is 0761 064451 064451. There are 48,000 Irish farmers in the glass scheme, which brings in 200 million euro to participants. It's assumed that farmers in the scheme would have a mobile phone and internet. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Next on Farm Talk, our weekly Tagusk advisory and the regional manager for Cork East, John Horgan, joins us. Over the next few weeks, John will be taking us through the Tagusk dairy, beef, sheep and tillage enterprises and how they fared this year and looking at the prospects for 2021. First, though, we look at how Chagas delivered its services through the COVID pandemic in 2020. I suppose we were initially we were very much taken by surprise by the whole change and how we were expected to work with the COVID pandemic. But we, we very much settled down to the fact that we have about 4,000 clients and we just found different ways to work with them and to deal with them. So an example of it would be early in the springtime there, we had about 3,600 basic payments to do. And traditionally, the farmers would have come into the offices and met the advisors one-to-one. But that wasn't possible this year. So all of the uh, consultations were done over the phone, by appointment at Paul Wright, but over the phone with the farmers. And it was very successful. And it was a way of of continuing our services. People still got the time to to work and speak with the advisor, but they had to do so remotely. And, And we continued on that trend during the year then. Our discussion groups were held remotely, either by link or by Zoom call. And when it was possible, we did hold them on farm as well in, in, in periods where, where the level of risk was low. Our national events, again, were held virtually uh, in, instead of the real thing, I suppose. So we had, we had uh, virtual events in relation to, to beef and sheep and tillage. And more recently then, in, in the local uh, region here, we traditionally would have held seminars in each of the enterprises in the, in the dairy, beef, tillage and so on. But we held them by way of webinars. And what has very much surprised us is the way that farmers have adapted hugely. And another example of it would be that we had to run derogation courses for farmers who were part of the derogation scheme. And there were 700 farmers in the month of November came on to the courses uh, by way of Zoom. And these these were five-hour courses that they participated in. So not alone did the the staff adapt hugely and Taugusk adapt in what it was presenting to people, but the farmers themselves really showed that they were up for the change. And, you know, they came on board. And for 700 farmers to actually uh, complete a course in, in the month of November in Carquise, it, it was exceptional. Um, so really, we have become, I suppose, a little bit more agile in the way we're working. Uh, we've continued in, in the education side as well to adapt our courses. And with a combination of meeting people where it is possible and doing essential farm visits, we have very much kept our services to the fore. But our services are being provided as best we can in in very difficult circumstances. I think one of the the key areas that has been to our benefit is that uh, 
agriculture and, and targets are, are considered to be an essential service. And for that reason, we were able to continue working and continuing delivering. But of course, keeping in mind the COVID protocols and, and avoiding risk both for staff and for clients. So overall, Barry, we, we were very pleased to have gone through a, a difficult year but provided excellent services to our clients. We're at the back end of the year now, John, and looking yes, ahead, you know, we will have restrictions imposed on us again. That is a given, I think, come the new year. So, I mean, Tagus must have been looking forward again and into 2021 on how it's going to deliver its yes. services. We prepared our business plan now for 2021. And for the first half of the year, we expect to continue very much on the way that we have worked for the last six months or so. So our plans really are to, to expect some level of restriction we will um, deliver quite a lot online where we where we can do so. But we're also hopeful that as we get out into the spring and early summer, that we will be back out in the field and being able to deliver farm walks and public events again. And we're very much looking forward to that aspect as well of our services because I think people miss, look, they miss the social interaction. They miss the real thing. Um, the, the virtual and the link is a very good way of maintaining communication. But, you know, people, I suppose there's a, there's a, a leaning back to the, to the social aspect as well of our events and meeting with, with, with other people. So um, as we forward, we hope we will get into a more normal situation mid-year and uh, our plan will be then to get back into, uh, if possible at all, into the bigger scale events again and the, the likes of the more park open days, etc. So that is our plan and hopefully with providing that the health situation stays relatively stable or improves, we should be in a position to do that. Tagusk Regional Manager for Cork East, John Horgan. Minister for Agriculture Charlie McConnell has announced stakeholder agreement on a new bovine TB eradication strategy. It marks an important step in building on the collective efforts to reduce TB levels to the benefit of Irish farmers. Minister McConnell Oak says an agreement's been reached on a roadmap which would see bovine TB levels reduced significantly over the coming years. The various groups involved will be convened early in the new year to commence work on the strategy. Communities across Ireland are being encouraged to grow and save their own seed in a new programme launched by the Irish Seed Savers Association. It's a training and mentoring programme for communities to grow and save their own seed. Irish Seed Savers will provide 10 community gardens with training and mentoring by experienced facilitators, learning the steps to enhance seed supply for community gardeners around the island of Ireland without having to rely on food seed imports to grow their own food. Details are available on irishseedsavers.ie forward slash blog and the closing date for applications to join the programme is the 18th of January 2021. A novel proposal from the Irish Natura and Hill Farmers Association could result in the planting of 10 million native Irish trees to represent the 10 million people born in the 26 counties since the formation of the Irish state. The proposal has been circulated to Arachthus members and President Michael D. Higgins. Many native Irish trees could live for up to 300 years and the INHFA says the state would be creating a living legacy in 2021 and beyond. Following the seventh meeting of the Beef Task Force on Thursday, December 17, 2020, the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, Luke TD, said he was pleased there had been significant progress in the work of the Beef Task Force. 
He said the completion of the three Marcus Transparency Studies commissioned by his department would be an important step towards improving visibility of the complex supply chain which is integral in fostering trust and enhancing supply chain relationships. These studies, he said, would act as an important starting point for driving increased transparency. He hoped they would be completed and published as soon as possible in the new year. This seventh meeting of the Beef Task Force was held virtually on Thursday, December 17, 2020. Following the agreement of the PGI application for Irish grass-fed beef, at the last meeting of the task force in October, the key focus on the 17th was market transparency studies commissioned as part of the Beef Sector Agreement 2019. Grant Thornton updated on progress as follows. Report 1. An overview of competition law as it relates to the beef sector in Ireland. Uh, that is complete now and will be published shortly. Report 2. An independent review of the market and customer requirements of Irish beef. That's at an advanced draft stage now and has been given to the task force for comment. Report 3. Price composition along the supply chain. That's at an advanced stage and a draft will be circulated to the task force for commentary in January. Minister McConnell Logue said it's more important than ever we would all work together given the unique set of challenges currently faced by the sector. Continued strong and constructive engagement in the Beef Task Force is the key to meeting these challenges. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. It's congratulations to Pat McCormack, confirmed as president for a further three-year term by the ICMSA National Council. Their virtual National Council AGM was held yesterday and Pat McCormack was confirmed uncontested as president for a second three-year term. Sitting Deputy President Lorcan McCabe likewise selected to serve a second three-year term in that position after an election with Des Morrison. Mr Morrison will continue as Chair of the Livestock Committee, as will Dennis Drennan as Chair of the Farm and Rural Affairs Committee and Shane O'Loughlin as Chair of the Farm Business Committee. Kieran O'Brien of Meath and DJ Kyohan from Cork were selected to serve on the Executive Committee. Food Safety Authority of Ireland held a webinar on Tuesday to outline what Brexit will mean for food business. FSAI has been explaining how the process will work and has all the information that you need to know online. If you missed the webinar, go to the webpage and revisit the presentation. Cork-based Velo Coffee Roasters has announced a successful deal with Dunn Stores to sell its award-winning coffee roast known as BMX. Founded in 2017, the business roasts a mix of single-origin coffee along with its original blend in its roastery on the fringes of Cork City. Coffee experiencing a boom worldwide and consumers are becoming more educated on what good quality coffee is all about. Carrigaline's Marie McCarthy won the National Brown Bread Baking Competition back in September run by Aldi in association with the National Ploughing Association and the Irish Country Women's Association. This week her bread has been launched in Aldi Passage West and is also on sale in 145 of its stores nationwide. Cork County Council has released the seven secrets to stop festive food waste. It's in association with Catherine Fulvio and highlights how millions of euro worth of food will be thrown out over Christmas week. Cork County Council has joined seven other local authorities to link up with Catherine Fulvio to explore how to avoid food waste over the coming weeks. It costs the average family €700 euro worth of food per annum 
And Christmas is the time when we throw out the most in quantity. Key issues are planning ahead, organising storage, portion control, the use of leftovers, making the most of your freezer, getting creative with desserts and a New Year's resolution to cut back on food waste in 2021. Catherine Fulvio's series will be running on Cork County Council's Environment Department Facebook page. Next are seasonal topics this week. And to begin a visit to the English market with C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran to catch up with some of the traders there, beginning with Tom Durkin. There's no big change in turkey sales. What I have seen a change in is spiced beef sales. Spiced beef sales have gone through the roof, thank God. We're delivering throughout Ireland and Europe with spiced beef and it's just gone mental. We've actually stopped some products on our website. It's got so busy now at this stage. All our hampers are sold out. People don't want to travel. Everyone switched online. The changes that would have taken 10 years happened in six months last year. And just everyone's gone nuts online. And online is a slow process to process orders and get them packed and away with a courier. It just takes a lot of time and space. And we're caught for time and space this time of the year. The counter is very busy as well. Counter similar to other years. It's been, the shop has been busy there for the past week, especially since the last opening up of the last lockdown. It's full steam ahead as normal nearly. Tim Cahy, Chicken Inn, English Market. Turkey orders are coming in nice and steady. Um, people that would, uh, it's great to see the familiar faces, same people coming back every year. We had one woman in during the week, her son is 37 on Christmas Day, and she remembers coming in with her son in a buggy ordering her turkey. We must be doing something right. People are contacting us through the website, and they're asking the vital questions like size, how many what size turkey would feed how many people, uh, what are our recommendations. Um, we are taking a certain amount of orders through the website, um, but uh, they would be all uh, deposit and click and collect. We would, we would generally have um, a range of sizes, but certainly people are varying towards, I suppose people are realising as well that there is a bit more value in the turkey, like a, six, a nice six kilo turkey would feed seven or eight adults. Um, whereas before people were conscious they just wanted a big turkey um, and that would do them then for a couple of days uh, but now they're cutting back on the, on the size of it all right? and, uh, but they're still looking for something that will keep them going over a few days Tim Olcahy of the Chicken Inn and before that Tom Durkin in the English market Cork farmer Peter Hines has produced a calendar to raise funds for mental health and farm safety charities and he's been telling Farm Talk about the idea behind it. So we launched the charity calendar in late October. Uh, it's a fully sponsored calendar, so all the revenue from the calendar is going to two charities, Embrace Farm, who support families who have lost loved ones uh, in farm accidents, and also to Chuck Tom for suicide prevention. Uh, so they can buy them online. Uh, we have a PayPal link they can so on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook if you uh, find... Peter Hines or Paula Hines on any of the three platforms or likewise if you go on the Carmack tagging website uh, you can buy it direct from there. Was with so many social events cancelled this year and especially in the agricultural sector a lot of their fundraising events were cancelled uh, and we just felt that a calendar was something that would celebrate all that was good uh, about farming and shine a, a positive light on farming and raise a few bob for both charities in the process. Two photographs taken on our own farm. Uh, there's farms from Limerick, Tipperary, Kilkenny, 
uh, and across Cork again uh, there's a number of Cork farms uh, and also Garrod Hurley who is a survivor of a farm accident Garrod features in the calendar as well Cork farmer Peter Hines the 116 page Dairy Farmer magazine is out topics include the regeneration game regenerative farmers making a big impression you can meet the Royal Rebel a Cork man building a dairy empire in Meath there's an article on how to build a lean mean dairy machine and grazing infrastructure taking the right road. Environmental organisation Greensod Ireland has launched Save a Sod campaign to protect Irish ecosystems and to encourage people to be proactive in the preservation of nature this Christmas and beyond. You can check out the beautiful video on greensodireland.ie. Funds donated will be used to protect the land and species already in trust, including Ross Carberry in West Cork. IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman Mr Michael Biggins has welcomed the announcement by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlug, that the European Commission has approved the amendment to the RDP Rural Development Programme, which allows for farm schemes to be continued into 2021 as part of the EU CAP transitional rules. This gives continuity for farm payments in 2021, including Gloss ANC, BDGP, Sheep Welfare and Organic Farming Schemes. He went on to say it's important that the process would take place with a minimum amount of paperwork. He said the department confirmed that for Gloss, BDGP and the Organic Scheme, participating farmers would receive a letter and text message advising them of their options and how to apply to extend their contract for a further year if they wish. Michael Biggins reiterated that for the gloss rollover, flexibility must be given to farmers who have land leases which are due to expire and where a renewal of that lease would not be possible. They should be allowed to move the affected portions to another parcel. This is vitally said to ensure incomes of affected farmers are maintained for 2021. The basic payment, areas of natural constraint, ANC, and the sheep welfare scheme will be done in the same way as in previous years, Mr Biggins pointed out. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And my sincere gratitude to John for all his contributions during a year in which we too had to adapt on Farm Talk, given the COVID crisis. In fact, John will be 31 years associated with Farm Talk next February, when we intend to acknowledge that lengthy spell with the programme in a meaningful way. Thanks again, John. Thanks also to C103 senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran for her work and Murray Tuhika was taking the hot seat here too during the year. Eric Simon and Rory in studio making sure that we get on air and John Foote for his work on the podcast. Thanks to Katrina Tuhika at Tiagask and Catherine Hurley at Dairy Gold for facilitating many of the topics that we got to cover this year and all of the contributors from both organisations. Wishing you all a very happy Christmas and from me, Barry O'Mahony, a big thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Heifer Rearer Cube, a trusted partner to help your replacement heifers reach their target weights and meet their full potential. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.